0: Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely
1: those of the host, guest, and callers. And now, with Patricia Raskin Positive Living, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well,
0: good afternoon, everyone on the East Coast. Good morning, everyone on the West Coast. Do you remember the feelings of excitement and anticipation the first time you fell in love? Do you also remember the shock and agony of your first breakup or first divorce? When it comes to euphoria and breakup of loving relationships, everybody can relate. Because throughout our lives, we've all had these various role models to follow, good and bad. But we still struggle. A psychotherapist and leadership consultant Julie Orloff has devoted more than 20 years to understanding how relationships develop and to helping people develop relationships that work. In her new book, Pathway to Love, she presents a roadmap for successfully navigating relationships and becoming a better person in the process. And she has talked to many couples and she tells gripping stories of struggling couples and how relationships can develop in four phases. Welcome, Julie. Thank you. All right, so let's look first at, you know, romance. We, romance seems to be touted. It's touted in the media. It's touted in movies. It sounds wonderful, but it can be emotionally risky. Why?
1: Well, you know, that first phase when we fall in love is so wonderful because we're filled with um, hopes and fantasies and our hormones, and, and we're filled with all this great stuff But we have to be careful during this phase because this is a time that we actually can miss things that we need to see or we can make up things that really aren't there and don't exist. And it's a a very tumultuous time because while our head is uh, in the clouds, our feet may not necessarily be grounded. So um, it's a great time and it's a cautious time.
0: Yeah. However, though, you wouldn't suggest that people don't have those feelings, right? That they go to the other extreme and that they're so grounded that they don't feel that emotion and that rush.
1: No, I. You know, it, it's a it's a necessary phase. I mean, if you know that great feeling is what is what gets us together in the first place. It was it's what makes us feel like love is is just the best thing since you know chocolate cake. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we definitely need to be there. Um, I think where we get into trouble is we think that we'll stay there. We think, you know, we hope that we don't want to let go of those feelings. And so when things come up in the relationship where um, the person isn't as perfect as we thought or we're not feeling as great as we used to, um, that's where we get into trouble because our expectations sometimes are really out of whack.
0: Hmm. Well, then let's talk about why so many people feel like relationships fail or are very hard work.
1: You know, I think people uh, feel like they're hard work because, again, they don't really understand that they're supposed to challenge you. Like relationships are designed to challenge us, and it's our it's these expectations that somehow it's supposed to be lovely all the way through that gets us into trouble. You know, so if you uh, if you've fallen in love with someone and you love the way this this person or let's say this man makes you feel and, and then all of a sudden he isn't as sensitive or you live, you're now living together or you're married and he gets home and he really just wants to go and be left alone for a while. Mm. You know what I mean? And that, that's when you have to start dealing with real life. And I think when people have trouble getting through those disappointments and really understanding what it means.
0: Mm. What can a relationship and the person we're with tell us about ourselves?
1: Well, you know, let's go back to that example. So, you know, let's say you're, you're married to, to Joe, and Joe, and you, have, you have, things have been great. And then you um, you get married and life starts to settle in and you're living together. And now when Joe comes home, um, he heads off to the back room and shuts the door and, and you feel, let's just say you feel rejected and you feel hurt and you don't, you don't feel like he loves you or he's excited about you anymore. So now this is where the opportunity comes in. The challenge is now you have to deal with that disappointment and what does this mean about Joe and what does it mean about you? But the opportunity that exists is for you to understand what it is in you that's getting triggered and what it is in you that you can start to understand and um, heal and and so that you, so let's say what's inside of you is feeling like you know what when someone doesn't greet me the way I want to be greeted, I'm going to all of a sudden make it feel like, oh, they don't love me anymore. When honestly, it just may mean that Joe has had a really stressful day. Yes, exactly. and exactly. You know, yeah. and how he decompresses yeah. is to get some time alone and just to so that he can make yeah. the transition. Or you know, if
0: you've had abandonment issues as a child and you felt not understood or you felt that people left you and you had a lot of loss and now all of a sudden... Your spouse or partner is not talking to you, and you seem isolated. It brings you back to that primal feeling.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the you know that's normal, and that's what relationships do—they bring all that stuff up. I I think what gets us into trouble then is how we respond to it, because uh, in this case, let's say the the wife goes to joe and says you know you don't love me you're a terrible husband i don't understand why i married you and they're often running and you know which direction they're running to it isn't up you know what i mean um, but if if she can uh, take the time to self-reflect and understand that really it is all those issues of abandonment that are getting triggered she can then go to her husband and she can say joe I just want you to know when you come home and you go directly into another room and, and I feel alone and isolated, this is what it brings up for me, and it makes me feel very disconnected. And that gives Joe the space to understand uh, his wife. And then, they, then there's an opening for some healing to occur.
0: However, though, the other partner has to be willing to talk about it at some point, correct?
1: Yeah, I mean, you're going to get into trouble if uh, Joe gets defensive and says, what do you mean? What's wrong? I'm a great husband. You know, or what's your problem? All I want to do is go sit and relax for 20 minutes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I think one of the most important things in a relationship really is that listening, that you can listen without making it about you. you know? And isn't it
0: amazing, Julie, that that takes maybe five or ten minutes to just look at the person and say, I understand, I'll be back in twenty minutes or I've just had a bad day, but I'll come back and talk to you. It's amazing what that does as opposed to something else that can that can ruin your whole night.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I, you know and women in particular, I mean, this is the the trick that men need to get. Women in particular just need really to be heard. I mean, more than anything that's that's and men, because they're natural problem solvers, you know they tend to want to jump in and either one try and fix it too quickly or two, they get defensive, meaning that it's saying there's something wrong about them, and then in their defensiveness will probably attack or criticize uh, his partner, which you know then creates a whole other mess. Now there's injury on top of injury. So it's very important for people to learn how to uh, take a deep breath and really just listen. And there's nothing wrong with asking your partner, your spouse, your significant other what it is that they're wanting or needing from you if you're not sure. You know, and if they're not able to articulate it right then and there, you know, it's okay to say, you know, what are you needing from me? Let's
0: talk about the media, and which is very interesting, the fantasy relationships, the unrealistic expectations of what real-life romances can be.
1: Well, I, you know, the media is there to entertain us. So um, probably, you know, when you take a look at movies, television, even songs for that matter, they're all about that phase one, that fantasy love. Um, and it's about it because our emotions are heightened and there's more drama and that's where we, you know, we have those big highs and big lows. Um, but what's missing there, so it, it's not that they're depicting anything that isn't real. They're just depicting one very uh, short-lived and beginning phase of relationships. And I think we really need more role models uh, and more guidance on how you move past that and create Real intimacy and real love, that's based on those things we just talked about, you know, understanding, listening, accepting, working with each other, um, really getting to know who each other truly is and not who we are kind of projecting onto them.
0: Yeah, and that can be hard. That can be hard because sometimes you'll watch the movie and you'll see these romances and think, oh, you know, that's the way it is. But So many times in those romances, if you watch carefully enough, there's always heartbreak somewhere. There seems to be a heartbreak element.
1: Yeah, you know, there's either a heartbreak or there's, you know, the great storyline is you get love, you lose love, but you get it back. You know, so they're kind of they're they're following kind of a a model of what makes great storytelling. And and actually, if we take a look at that, in most long term marriages or most long term relationships. There's that pattern that exists, maybe to not that extreme, but there's a sense of being in love and then, um, kind of maybe separating or things don't feel as good, and then and then there's another new phase of learning and growing and evolving, and then the relationship reaches another level of intimacy Mm -hmm. and depth, you know, Mm -hmm. and then maybe something happens that challenges the relationship again, and then coming if you. if you address that challenge well, again, you can reach another level yes. of intimacy. So, and
0: so healthy dose of conflict in a relationship is important.
1: It's a necessity. I mean, if you don't have any uh, conflict in the relationship, my sense is that nobody's growing, uh, nobody's really being themselves. Because when you have two different, unique human beings together. They're going to have different needs at the same time. They're going to have different wants. I mean, it, you know, that's just life. Um, so that the healthy part of the conflict comes in and is really learning how to uh, take that conflict and use it again as an opportunity to learn and grow, not an opportunity to win and make the other person wrong, because that's when it becomes disastrous.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one-upmanship. Yeah, and the, you know,
1: couples get. Uh, sucked into that all the time. I mean, you know, how power. many times? Yeah. You know. It's like the power, the power issue with power Yeah, the power struggle. Up. I want to mm-hmm. win. I want it my way. I don't want you to think that, you know, somehow you have control over me and my life or, mm-hmm. you know, people get stuck in that really easily, but there's a way out. And, and really the way out is to, uh, approach it from what do I need to understand about my, Uh, loved one you know why is this so important to her what is it about this that would mean so much to him Um, to really get an understanding and then for your partner to do the same for you and when you approach it that way then there's you both are immediately invested in finding a win-win solution because now you care about what's important to the other person
0: that's right and and you and you have the same value so you want the same outcome it comes kind of like any negotiation you know whether it's in business personal or professional life you can get through it if you both want the same outcome
1: yeah in the pathway to love you know I take relationships through the four phases from the very beginning to creating a very very intimate and transformational relationship and those the same developmental path the same process applies to all relationships you're absolutely right it, you know this book is about romantic relationships but you could replace it with a business relationship, a family relationship, a friendship relationship. You know, it doesn't matter. They they all follow the same path. Mm-hmm.
0: Let's talk about the Internet, Julie, in terms of the way that it has revolutionized people meeting and and defining relationship status. How do you think that social networking and all those sites and the dating sites has really impacted the development of the relationship?
1: You know, um, Gosh, it's such a big topic right now I, I think social the internet and social media works for and against us, just like most technology. you know it can work it can It can work for good and it can work for not for good. I mean the good part is is that it we have access to meeting more people than we ever have before. We have access to connecting to people around the globe. Um, when we're away from people, we can communicate with them anytime, anywhere, pretty instantly. I mean this is all really good. Stuff. You know, we can engage in wonderful mm-hmm. conversations, and so there's a lot of wonderful things that are available through that. Um, the challenge comes in, I think where it can hurt us, it, it doesn't have to, but where it can, is it's easy to present ourselves in the way that we want to present ourselves. It's easy to perceive people in a way that's not true to who they are. Um, I think some people can get too comfortable hiding behind their computer screen and, um, I, you know, I, I look at social media as a great place to meet and get an introduction, but it is not a place to build a real, authentic, intimate relationship. That's, well, I
0: also think that it doesn't. It's harder to screen. You know, when you when you meet somebody through an introduction or you've met someone on your own, you, you know more than when you've met them on the internet.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's um, what happens is it makes the process backwards. It flips it. In other words. Uh, when we meet someone in person, we get a feel for their energy. We kind of, you know, we see the whole person in front of us. And and then we kind of see if there's enough chemistry and interest. And over time, then we start to fill in the blanks. You know, who are you? What's important to you? What, you know, what's your family? Where do you, you know, where do you want to go? Blah, 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 blah. But, on the, but <laughs> the social media on the Internet, it's flipped. It's almost like you go through this interviewing process where you fill in the blanks, like, who are you, you know, what are your hobbies, you know, what's your family background, blah, blah, blah. And then you have to meet them and then see, oh, does this essence match the paperwork, so to speak, you know? So it, it's kind of interesting. It, it's a little backwards. Um, uh, but, you know, I think it's here to stay. I don't think it's going anywhere. Um, I just think people need to be Uh, really clear about what you can know about someone and what you can't and vice versa. Um, Nothing replaces face-to-face contact. Just nothing does.
0: All right. Let's talk about, um, let's talk about some of the key skills that we need to form fulfilling and long-term relationships.
1: Well, okay. So I'll tell you how, um, I kind of organize it in my mind okay? because there's kind of a a three-step process in relationship building. So I would say one of the most important things you need to have is self-awareness or acquire the um, skill and the ability for self-awareness. In other words, you need to be able to understand when you're reacting to something and be able to stop and take a look at am I reacting to what is really going on In present time? Or like we talked about before, is there some issue or experience in my past getting triggered and now I'm just placing that in the here and now? So self-awareness is really, really important. Mm -hmm. The second aspect of relationship is then being able to have uh, communication. So self-awareness is really good, but what builds intimacy is then the ability to communicate your understanding, your insights of who you are, um, what you need, you know, the ability to be vulnerable with another human being. So relationship Mm -hmm. skills are extremely, extremely important. And
0: and, and the other thing is making sure that we really want to be in a relationship. Many people say they do, but maybe they're not ready.
1: Well, it's a choice. And what I uh, when I go through these stories of these couples in the pathway to love, you will see that um, some of the people make the choice together to create a new level of love and intimacy in their relationship. Um, but there are other people in, in these couples that decide, you know what, this is as far as I want to go. I don't want that right now. I'm not ready for it, or um, I just. You know, I, I don't want to put in the time, and and it's just too scary to go there. You know, people have free choice in the matter, so I think you're absolutely right. I think you need to um, be aware of what you what you're up for, and just be honest about that with uh, whoever you meet. And there aren't any wrong choices. You know, that I, I, I tell people, I people can choose what uh, however they want to live their lives. I mean, there's no. Um, written rule that you have to be married or you even have to be in a committed relationship. I just want people to make those choi- choices powerfully, you know, which means they make mm. them consciously. So it's not their mm. fear that's running them unconsciously. They can say, you know what, I'm really not ready for this. Um, Julie, is your
0: advice different for gay couples versus straight couples?
1: No, there's really no difference. A relationship is a relationship, and like I said before, all relationships go through these same four phases, or they have the potential to move through all these four phases, and um, it really doesn't matter. You know, love is love. Human being and human interaction is human interaction.
0: Can you share one of the stories in your book about one of the
1: couple's? You know, I was, uh, the, the story I was, t- was referring to, I actually think is a really interesting story. And it talks about Angela and John. And these are two uh, divorced people. They both have children. And they meet and they've been dating for a while. And they really enjoy each other's company. And they've made a decision to keep the kids out of it. But the holidays are approaching, and John at some point just feels like he wants more. He wants to take the relationship to the next level. He wants to be able to bring kids into the picture and, and create a, a sense of family and a, um, and a, a more intimate, authentic, real relationship. Um, but when he approaches Angela with this, you know, she's really resistant. She really, really doesn't want to get the kids involved. She doesn't want to go there. She actually likes it being... Um, a more casual, let's just have fun, let's just, you know, she doesn't want all the responsibility that goes into that, um, went through a rough divorce and just isn't there yet. So it's an interesting story. You have to see how they they work it out, but they have uh, some major conflict that occurs, and John has to take a look at what what issues are getting triggered for him and why does Angela see him the way she does, and Angela has to take a look at her reaction and why is she making – John out to be a bad guy and, and then you see what each of them decides to do at the end of the day. It's a very interesting process to watch and it's very common. I mean, we, you know, people do this all the time. It's a very natural, uh, dynamic that takes place. One person wants more than the other and how do they sort through that and how do they, then how do they decide what to do? Either individually or the
0: couple. How do you help couples work through a disparity in sexual needs?
1: And libido. You know, I think it's it starts with understanding uh, what that difference is about. So, you know, as a clinician, I always want to first make sure everybody's had a full physical and low libido doesn't have anything to do with any medical or hormonal imbalances. And then, so you got to kind of one rule out the medical issues. And then you have to take a look at what are the uh, kind of the psychological issues. In other words, is there something getting in the way of someone wanting more intimacy? And so it, it's taking a look at, is this a relationship issue? And an, if so, what's getting played out through the um, difference in sexual needs? And then, then it becomes clearer on how you proceed from there, because... You know, it depends. If, if So many different dynamics can come up. You know, one mm. partner can feel pressured to have sex more than he or she wants to, and so they respond by that by withdrawing more. So, you know, you get the distancer and the pursuer dynamic exaggerated. Um, there may be other issues. One person's using it as a way to manipulate or control or punish another partner, and you want to take a look if any of that's going on. And if it's a simple, basic need, if someone just has a higher sex drive than the other, then you want to explore different ways to kind of have that happy medium. How can both people feel satisfied in that relationship? Mm. And there's, you know, there's tons of different ways to problem solve and approach that. Do
0: you find that often in your in your counseling? Does that come up a lot or not so much?
1: I think it does come up a lot. I think, you know, sex, you know, they there's a saying that um, when the relationship is good, the sexual part of the relationship takes up about maybe 10% of the relationship, you know, the focus, daily focus. But when there's a problem in a a couple's sexual life, all of a sudden it becomes 80% of the relationship, (laughs) you know, it becomes very big. Um, And it's um, a lot of different things go into it. And it really is taking a look at understanding How much of it might be biological? How much of it might be um, what's going on in each person's life? Maybe someone's under a lot of stress and some people want more sex when they're stressed and some people want less sex. You know, do you have young children? Uh, Where are you at in your marriage? Um, What's the relationship all about? And there's many different ways to get a sex life back on track that's satisfying to both people in a relationship. There's lots of different ways to do that, and different exercises to give, and um, because you know it's a it's a wonderful special way that just something between the two of you that creates a a bond and an intimacy, particularly Mm -hmm. when it you know when the in the con in within the context of of a relationship where you know each other.
0: All right, Dr. Orlov, give us uh, your closing thoughts. What would you, what's the message you would like to leave our listeners with today on your book, Pathway
1: to Love? You know, I think what I really want people to walk away with, that having a um, successful, loving, powerful relationship is possible. And there's a process, there's a natural, predictable developmental path that all relationships go through. And once you understand what that is and you're not surprised and you can say, oh, this is what's happening to us, then you can address the issues and move through them with so much more ease. Um, mm-hmm. And I want people to get excited about their relationships again. Mm-hmm. You know, that our relationships are our most important, valuable thing we have in our life. Um, Thank so
0: you I, so much for being on the program. Can you give us your website, please, for people? Yes, the to website. Or your book.
1: The website is <clears throat> Julie Orlov, julieorlov.com or thepathwaytolove.com. And if your viewers um, write in to me uh, from the website, I will be happy to send them a special information um, sheet just for them. Just put in the comment or subject matter um, radio show on how to make decisions if this is the right one for you. It's kind of that would be nice wonderful. Advice.
0: Yeah, just let people know of our audience. Please let Julie know that you heard it right here on Patricia Raskin Positive Living on Voice America. Thanks so much, Julie. Oh, thank you for having yeah. me. This is wonderful. Thank you. Stay, stay on the line. All right, folks, remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin, right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. Bye for now. Voice counts. Call toll free 1 866 472 5787. 1 472 5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Healing occurs from the inside out to awaken and activate the body's healing mechanisms. Your emotions and thought patterns must be addressed and aligned with your truth. These concepts are discussed in detail on The Light Within, Awakening the Inner Healer with host Joan Jacobs. We'll introduce you to a new way to interpret and address your body's language of symptoms and how to turn disease into a platform of profound personal growth. Tune in to The Light Within every Monday at 10 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Go inside the world of PR with PR Insider, hosted by public relations expert Maureen Kedis. Maureen will speak to the world's highest profile PR pros from the fields of marketing, advertising, and sales. And PR Insider will feature renowned members of the media as special guests. Maureen will give you a VIP access